0: Welcome back to What They Don't Ask. I'm Allie,
1: and I'm Daniel. Who who are these people, Allie?
0: Yeah. So the conversation that we just had, that you're about to listen to, um, is between two people that I love so dearly, John and Savannah Enzer. Uh, when I was in high school, John was my soccer coach. My teacher also like a youth minister <laughs> and savannah was also a sweet friend and became a sweet friend in the years after graduating high school mm. um and they are just a precious couple who've worked so hard to have the family that they do and um, they give us a lot in this conversation and we're just so thankful and you can hear my dog <laughs> And those
1: are dogs <laughs>
0: That's one large dog. One large large dog. dog.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Going into this, uh, I was, I was nervous because I, I, I don't even have a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a child. I, I, I don't have a spouse. I don't have a partner. I, 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 that feels so far away for me. And so, uh, i had asked ally <laughs> prior uh is four people too many and and part of me was using that i, I <laughs> legitimately thought maybe four might be too many as a as a whole interview thing um but i was nervous because i the I, i've had friends who have had miscarriages and um but i i don't think i've ever had super explicit uh, uh talks or conversations uh, about um infertility yeah. and so just going into this i was i was a little nervous um but like we talked about towards the end of the podcast that's kind of what this is about is yeah. uh, is for people who um, maybe don't understand certain types of grief and to kind of gain insight into what it looks yeah. like and what it feels like. And, what would
0: it look like to talk with a couple and ask questions and offer right, them space to share some of the story that never gets told?
1: Right, right. And one thing I actually wanted to bring this up, but I just the whole idea of both of them going through this at once yeah where you know with with a parent loss or with a sibling yes. loss or something like that there there's someone to lean on
0: yeah the a hey, i loved it, the way he well don't want to
1: right spoil I <laughs> I wanna Man, it's it so good much, yeah Right. The way he It's a very said it, specific
0: yeah. asymmetrical grief is how it usually comes. And this was a very, right. very equally laden burden. Yep. So yeah. we're really, really excited for you guys to listen to the these two tell their story and thanks for tuning in. Well, hi. It's so good to see you guys. It's been a while. Um, well, would you mind just introducing yourselves?
2: Sure. Um do you want uh, anything along with an introduction?
0: Like yeah, tell us tell us your name, tell us a little bit about you guys as a couple. Um
3: Whoa, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hmm, hmm, school,
4: um, and uh, keeps everything going, and I'm a professor here at a local university.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, we're really excited to chat with you guys, and you guys have such a tender story, and um, I don't know who wants to lead off, but I was just wondering um, if we could start off by just talking about what it looked like for you guys to walk through secondary infertility.
3: Hmm. mm any worries um,
2: or fears, um, even though I knew that they would undoubtedly be there because of just anxiety and trauma. But um, just I was looking forward to something a little bit more normal. And so then to kind of not even be able to get there with secondary infertility um, was just, I think, another element. But overall, if I had to look back, I would say it just felt very lonely. Mm. Um and I felt very isolated um in my experience.
4: Mm. Yeah, I had a little bit of a different, obviously different experience um with my role as as Savannah's husband. Um I think, you know, for my take on so much of it was um you know, after, after some of the the challenges that we faced with Anson's birth, we really just wanted to make sure that that didn't define everything about who our family was. We wanted to continue to move forward and really looked forward to, to all of that. Savannah's always from the time we, um, dated and, you know, talked seriously about, you know, the future really had a desire for a larger family. She comes from a larger family and, um, I think, you know, in marriages, oftentimes, you know, you're the, the dreams that your spouse has initially, you know, you're, you're on board with, but as you guys go through the marriage journey, those dreams really become yours. They that, that dream really became my dream as well. And so it was, you know, it was very difficult to watch those things unfold. I think one of the things that from my perspective, that was so hard as just a feeling of uh, and this might be kind of stereotypical um, male, but just a sense of powerlessness that I, you know, there there is no way there was no um, easy, easy fix or or quick fix to to the situation. And so I think there was kind of like this feeling of uh, just just the way the infertility journey goes. Um, there's just like this slow rolling grief, you know, um, that happens, you know, every month and it really kind of was one of those things that you never want to be too, too hopeful. Um, but inevitably you are. And Mm -hmm. then, and then the, the floor just kind of falls out from under you. And I think in some ways then that begins to like echo with some of the. The sadness that you have about other things that have gone on, and so um, it it really was like a slow rolling kind of uh, grief. I think that we experienced for uh, what six seven, years, seven years. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, wow. It's a long time. That's a lot yeah. of months. <laughs> six <laughs> yes. times twelve. Seventy-two. Seven thousands.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. thousands of yeah
0: months mm-hmm.
1: right and and you guys if i can ask you guys were you guys consistently trying over that time
2: yes um you know there were definitely times where either not Not so much, my doctors, um but oftentimes close friends or people would say, well, "Why don't you take a break you know and I think every once in a while, um like we we got to the point where we were seeing fertility specialists, and mm. you know, they would kind of mention that that as a as an opportunity to try something different, you know, and for me, it just was not really an option, and I think of anybody that would suggest that understood, I feel like our doctors did, and so it was never really something that the doctors mentioned but I do remember maybe one time um you know mentioning that that could be an avenue or something we could try but that just felt like quitting to me it felt like giving up mm. um mm. and so if there was anything active that I could do that's what I wanted to be doing um so, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah it's like that option is there and it's valid but I think there is I I, I would imagine just a biological drive to uh yeah, right. Like you said, it it would maybe feel like quitting. Hmm. Mm, right, yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
4: you know, uh, at the same time, not being able really, we weren't really able to to enjoy the fruits of that for a long, yeah. long time, so. Right,
1: right.
0: I think, like Savannah, your first thing that you mentioned was the sense of loneliness in the journey because you do have two children. And I think, um, I would imagine that there's a lot of assumption there as time goes on and the gap between your kids began to grow Of like, Mm. oh, well, they're done, you know, or like, and people are not looking, probably aren't looking for like a reason to support you or to ask you, how are you? Like, how is this journey for you? I feel like from what I, from what I know, um, just of women that I've talked to who have also experienced, um, secondary infertility, it just doesn't have a lot of, uh, hospitality in the normal ground of conversation, as a part of how you are and what your general health and wellness and wholeness is. Sure. And
2: doesn't like naturally come up, like you said, Um, people just kind of assume um, that, you know, you're at the end of that road. And unless it was a close enough mm-hmm. friend that specifically asked it, um, you know, it didn't come up and it even took me a really long time to even, I consider myself very close with my family and my sisters. Um, and it took a really long time to even like let them know that like, Hey, we do oh, want wow. more kids. And we have been trying for a really long time and it hasn't been working and we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it really kind of took until, um, I can't remember exactly, but we had to go to um, Chicago because that was like the closest doctor that specialized in the type of procedure Gosh. that I needed to have done. And so um, I think it was then that I kind of felt up against a wall to kind of open up to my family um, and mm-hmm. say, hey, we're this is where we're going. We need help with our kids. Um, mm-hmm. This is what's been going on. Um, so for sure. it Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is after a, a, a John. You were saying that Savannah did a bunch of research, and you were you just going based off of just symptoms, and or or how were you going about figuring it out?
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. I
0: know. I'm like, man, what research did she do? This seems like so tenacious. I love it.
4: Yeah. Her, uh, health issues yeah <laughs> or in the midst of a pandemic
0: <laughs> oh my gosh Good. while caring for a child with with um extra medical needs as well
3: right hmm right Wow. Okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay, a much better recovery um, there
2: was a doctor in c- closer in Texas that did it, but it was basically like having a second or having another c section is how he kind of would repair it, so okay. it was drastically different approach to correcting the issue um,
5: sure
2: so yeah we went we we went to Chicago and had a surgery scheduled without even really knowing if that's what um
0: the issue oh, was
2: <laughs> so Whoa, it, was it wasn't till we, yeah it that wasn't until we got so there happy. um and we're meeting with the surgeon the day before um that he was oh, able to confirm like yeah this is kind of a textbook case in my opinion so wow Whoa.
1: okay
0: how are you guys like how are you guys feeling right now in your bodies as we talk through this this is just such a long memory of like hope and sadness and longing. And I'm just curious how your bodies are processing in this moment.
3: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. our journey of secondary infertility. Um and it was the first time that I felt like
2: a doctor was confident that they could help us. Um and wow. that was just I mean, we have been have been grasping for hope for so long and um having somebody look at me and say I know what's wrong and I can fix it um just was like a real high for us. Um, yeah, after
1: that that was after the seven years. Or? No,
2: this is in the mid middle of the seven years. Um, okay,
1: gotcha. Yeah, so gotcha. this is th- okay. like
2: three years in. We've kind of figured okay. out why we haven't been able to conceive so far, um, and this was the first doctor that kind of looked at us and said, "Yeah, I think this is why, um, okay. and I can fix okay. it." So,
4: was that twenty sixteen? I think right. it was twenty
2: eighteen.
4: 2018 okay maybe yeah, yeah.
2: 2018, oh, 20, yeah, 2018.
4: We we're watching the winter olympics in the hotel room i
2: don't even
4: remember
5: wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: okay so you you get you stay the night in chicago and then and on for the surgery
0: man so
3: Oh. Hmm. The the recovery. Or okay. I'm going through so much, and if it
2: if it works, like it's totally worth it. And if it doesn't, right. like I feel oh like I'm gosh. dying. Um, <laughs> right, so, yeah. right, yeah. So,
0: yeah, it was it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for walking us through that whole journey. I feel like that's such a such a, a privilege to hear and. I think so much of people's journeys with infertility stays really covert and like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something that gets talked about a lot. So I really appreciate those like more intimate details because you never really know what someone's going through to to get that next baby and it can be very rigorous. I don't think I have ever heard, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard quite a journey like that. And um, I'm just wondering, um, if now would be a good point to switch towards talking about uh, Leighton. How, how long after that surgery were you able to get pregnant? Um, In
2: a we, year,
4: right?
0: Not quite,
2: I guess so. Yeah,
4: yeah. more than
1: a year. Yes. How long was the recovery? Three um yes
2: yeah, so it, it was about three months that okay. they wanted to make sure I was fully
1: there you guys
3: are no no, no worries
0: Wow. <laughs> mm.
2: IUI try and we were only going to try four times before we kind of closed the door and really shifted gears towards um, adopting. So we conceived Layton through um, IUI and um, I mean that was just a real high conceiving him and that it worked and he 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 brought, like, some real hope, Um, Mm. just feeling like I had done an operation and that things should be working and they still weren't, Um, and then he came along. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we
4: were – I mean, it was just so wonderful. It was um, Mm, just the best – it was just the best news, and um, we had – it was just this season of life where it seemed like all of the work that we had done um, for the last five or six years was finally coming to fruition. We had a a little bun in the oven. Um, mm-hmm. My PhD work was wrapping up and looking really mm-hmm. looking really successful. Um, I had a job op- opportunity just, that well, yeah. yeah. I had a a job offer that basically um, approached me and asked me Whoa. to to apply um, to move to the university level. Just all sorts of ridiculous things. Um, so he was just like it was like Leighton came as far as we conceive, you know we conceived him and just all these wonderful things. It was just. Um, it felt like we had turned a corner and had come out of just this really, really challenging time, whether it be with secondary infertility, whether it be with being kind of a young family that's, you know, just grinding really hard to Mm. make the future happen, whether that be financially or, you know, family size. So he was, for me, his, his, um, Presence in our family just was like, thing everything had changed for the better. Um, mm. So that was, it was really really special.
1: So. Right. That just feels like
3: it's all lining up the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Mm. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Profanity welcome on it, our it podcast welcome by the way. we're talking about uh, we're talking about grief. There's a lot of bad words that come out of everybody's mouth who so come on your right. show. So. <laughs>
3: Mm. mm right mm. eight yeah eighteen Oh, wow. Okay.
4: Uh, We were, we we were,
2: um, hold on. I want to say something. Okay. Yeah.
4: Um, you should probably just take over.
2: No, I like when you talk. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to say uh, thinking about secondary infertility an element of grief that people don't always see is oftentimes your kiddos want another baby in their family. Mm, And, um, you know, as a parent, like to see, um, I think especially our oldest being able to articulate that, um, you know, and wait, we waited until I was 16 weeks to tell them, um, that they Mm. were going to get a brother and a sibling and, um, Actually, we we didn't know yeah, we that told it was them, a boy. We
4: told them that baby, and then the next week. They
2: got to come with us up to the doctor's office um, oh, wow. and hear that they were going to have another brother. Um, but that just, um, I think that's something that people don't always think about, too, with secondary infertility is navigating, you know, your other kiddos asking, you know. Um, yeah. It's, mm. it's hard to answer, you know, and mm-hmm. um, there's just an it's it's just kind of a sticky sometimes because you have your own grief and you don't want to like project that onto them um and yet you're trying to shepherd their hearts and what they want and um anyway it's just kind of kind of a weird i always kind of waffled with like how much do i share about my own feelings and that i want a baby too yeah. and how much do i mm. you know kind of have a brave face and just be really encouraging. And, um, I don't know, it's just, um, and all of that's just hard to do when you're feeling so many emotions
0: yourself. Um, so that was, right. uh, and those questions from kids, they don't come at like, the time when you're sitting relaxed and your <laughs> your thoughts are collected, you're like loading up the car and balls are falling into the driveway and down into the street, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh. I just feel like those questions never come at a moment when you're ready, with the yes. com- with composure, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, exactly.
1: Can I ask? Um, was uh, was your guys' plan to what was three? kind of always your plan or to have three kids
0: i remember i remember savannah you and me and john and ryan sat my husband is ryan for those of you who don't know sat down to lunch and ryan asked you which i feel like is a very audacious question for (laughs) anybody (laughs) to ask anybody but i remember him asking like how many kids do you want to have and without missing a beat you said as many as we can afford (laughs) and i remember that just being that like rings in my memory with such sweetness of like the joy and hope in your mouth that day i just remember
3: mm wow.
4: that before we were before we were asking questions Um, yeah so so yeah. Mm. yeah Yeah. Wow. Uh is Savannah's birthday, so it was a big oh, man. It was a big day for us. Um, yeah. Just so much joy. Um, it was almost a year to the day of my dad uh, passing away as well. So he had passed away what September thirtieth.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So it was the oh, the yeah. one year anniversary of his death and um, Savannah's birthday, which uh, everybody everybody in our house, um, all the boys at that point, uh, you know, we're just all crazy about her. Um, So it just, it just was too much. It just was too Mm. much, so.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a lot to compound in one moment. Right, right. With something that has been such a big hope and a dream. And um, it seems impossible that anything could line up (laughs) so poorly with so many things all at once yeah the um the year before you know John's dad had
2: passed away, and so um I one hundred percent did not care, but my birthday kind of was tossed to the oh, side yeah. in light of all of uh-huh. that, and so was really excited to um like make my birthday a really big deal, mm. yeah. We're like trying to ignore like some of the symptoms I was feeling a little bit. I mean, and to be honest, they were not um like really, it took me a while to think, oh, I maybe should call my doctor and um, because they were so subtle. And a lot of like heaviness about having to like tell John, that, like, my doctor wanted me to go to the hospital because he had, like, brought me a birthday lunch, and, like, it just, um, it felt like things were going so well, you know, and, um, I, I honestly, um, prepared at all for what we faced, um, that was really, um, I had thought like, oh, maybe I might be on bed rest in the hospital, like worst case scenario. Um, So it was really uh, for anybody in that type of situation, but just really felt like the rug got like ripped out from underneath you.
0: um, Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, And I'm just, I'm curious to hear more about um, your grief with, with losing your baby after like i mean at 18 weeks you're showing you know there's a big difference between like hoping for a baby and then people knowing like what was the response of your community and like how did the loneliness shift like how did that change with grief Mmm. Whoa.
3: Sure.
2: Mm. And even in some ways angry with God. And I felt so seen um, and so loved by Mm. seeing their emotion at what Mm. we were going through and um, seeing them express the injustice, you know, that they felt on our behalf was just, um, I just, I really felt, um, I really felt seen and less alone. And... um, in some ways just my grief felt justified, you know, um, all the things sure. that like I yep. felt, um, that sometimes you feel like our, um, self-focused, you know, just felt really validated. And I think that's so important when you're grieving that your feelings are validated, you know? Um, yeah. yep. so John, I think had a little bit different experience. Um,
4: yeah. Um, so I just started a new position, um, a new community, new town, all those things um, the previous place that I had worked is uh, just near and dear to my heart and in somebody some ways I think like the the journey that we had been through, both with Anson, obviously infertility' is kind of the silent thing, but there 's a lot of ways in which i I think in my uh previous previous position um I think I almost felt sometimes like we were like I was a burden um for that community. Mm. Like they had, you know, they had to sometimes bear the brunt of you know us traveling for uh an operation or for for um all the different traveling that I had to do for we had to do for our sons, um, healthcare. Um so, anyways, it was kind of interesting having that experience in a new place. In some ways I just kind of felt like, oh no, like. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be this. I don't want this attention. Um, mm.
5: Yeah,
4: in, in a new position where I'm just trying to like, you know, find it my place. But it was it was really interesting. Um, I didn't even know my coworkers' names largely at that point because wow. <laughs> I had just been working there for a few <laughs> Two weeks.
5: Months. Yeah,
4: and wow. um, uh. but their response was just. Ridiculous. Um, the church that we had just started visiting, the all of my colleagues uh, at the university, I mean, they brought us meals all the way into November. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And then a lot of like uh, colleagues, even some female colleagues, would be like, hey, you know, it, it was so interesting how many came out of the woodwork to say, yeah, I lost the baby at. 20 weeks or, Uh. um, you know, we had, we, we know what this feels like and, um, we're so sorry. So, uh, for me, it was, I, I was really impressed by, you know, just this brand new community trying to reach out and in love. And I thought that was great. Um, so yeah, that, you know, so that was, that was the communal, I think communal aspect I I think about Leighton's death. The the metaphor I've used is just that the lights went out for me. Um, Mm. And in some ways, I just... It it was really tough because starting a new job, uh, there's enormous pressure there. Within Mm. a few months, I had to travel to London to defend my PhD, my thesis. And so it was almost like it was almost like it hurt So the, the level of pain that I felt was just so overwhelming. However, I almost had to go into like, I don't know, like a triage mode and say, okay, like my fan, I, I don't keep my job if I don't, you know, successfully yeah. passed this PhD, mm. this, yeah. this, this oh, okay. uh, defense. So, you right. know, there was just really this way in which for me, it was excruciating pain. And yet I like, there were these things that I had to keep, I had to keep going to literally keep the family going. Um, yeah. So I don't think any of that was probably very hel- healthy. <sighs> But you just there was just no op there was just no option, um that I could sure. that I could see and I think for us, you know, one of the things about cause we had Savannah had lost you know, she had lost her father in law and she had watched me lose my dad. You know, kind of the grief I think in some ways is like asymmetrical and so one right. partner gets to like respond in some ways, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. to the person that's, you know, Dealing with it, or in the you know in the in the midst of it, but for with Layton, it was like there was no we we both you know neither one of us could help the other Mm -hmm. one up.
5: Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, Mm
4: -hmm. I would I would walk around the corner in the house and just see see Savannah
0: sobbing, Mm -hmm.
4: and she would walk in, she'd walk into the kitchen, and I would be doubled over the counter. Uh, crying, right? You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, I think, that was the thing that was so even through the infertility journey, is like, well, somebody would be up and somebody would be down, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, well yeah. you know, we'll get them, we'll get them mm-hmm. next time, you know, sort of a thing, <laughs> right? Um, but with Leighton I just think, you know, there was, uh, you know, it's it's losing, it's it's losing a child, but it's losing a child you'll never, you you never met. Um, hmm. So if I. I Certainly respect that that's different than people that have had, you know, other types of, of you know, lost children that are older. Um, but it was it was such an intense grief. And it was really hard to, like, reach a hand to pull your partner up because you're right. You know, you're both tumbling, yeah. right. you're both tumbling down this right. hole. So mm-hmm. anyways, Yeah, yeah.
0: like a um, black hole of need of just like everything is pu- pouring into it and there's not a lot. That can pull you out, you know.
3: Right. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: You guys can take a moment if you need to.
3: Sure. really weird to both be
2: so down um
0: yeah who did you who did you turn to like did you each i'm just curious like i mean you had your friend who similarly lost a child um i feel like uh, in my marriage when when we've had times where we're both just down and there's nobody that's like i'm the strong one pulling at, you know pulling you out of the river like who where did you see um like where did help come from
3: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: mm um, Would kind of emotionally dump there whenever things would hit yeah. me. Um, and it was just um, so nice to have a space that I felt like um, people knew my journey and they knew my history and um, how much it took to get to where we were and to have it all taken away Um
0: yeah.
5: So
2: they didn't always have a lot oftentimes they didn't have a lot to say back but um, I think anybody experienced grief knows that just somebody to listen is huge. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right.
0: And feeling seen because there's no way to ever have every every feeling, every pain, every every small heartbreak that goes along with grieving because it's not just the the moment of grief that happens there's a thousand moments of heartbreak Mm
5: -hmm.
0: as as the years go by and there's no way to download that to anyone even a spouse and so i think it's great that you had i am a personal mega fan of marco polo i (laughs) when i lost my dad my my close friends from college we all started not <laughs> <laughs> it's not but i do love marco polo because man like i had a little marco polo group from you know for me and that started because my dad died and mm. um it ended up being super sweet and gelling us together mm-hmm. But but isn't Marco Polo great too? Because you can just monologue and no <laughs> one's going to interrupt you, and you can really you can really say a lot more and learn more about people through Marco Polo than you can. Like the asynchronous communication works really nicely for grief because you don't you don't have to wait for a moment to present itself where someone's like so here we are at a coffee shop and (laughs) (laughs) could you please tell me about your deep sadness you're like no i'm sobbing in a car on the side of the road (laughs) or like you know um definitely john what about you how was your
4: yeah i was afraid you were gonna ask i was hoping you'd forget
0: (laughs) no i remember you
4: (laughs) um i i don't think i had Mm Um, I don't think I had, uh, any real intentional ways of processing that. Um, part of it is, it, it, it wasn't really, uh, any sort of aversion that I had to it because, you know, I, I saw the therapist first right then. Yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, I I'm, I'm just, Good for a, you. yeah, I'm a huge, huge believer in, in that and been so helpful for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, but I just didn't, I just am a laser focused person. And I think the way I, I channeled all of what I was feeling into, I've, I've got to make this happen for our family. And that really meant I just had this, this basically it, the biggest project that I've ever had just right on the horizon. And I, um, I don't think it was healthy. I, th- I think there was a lot of, of trouble that came from it, but I, I just stayed laser focused on, um,
5: the task yeah,
4: the tasks at hand, which was uh, a new job and, and this defense, and so that's where that's where all of my time went. Um, you know, I, I think we still we still communicated. The lines of communication were open with Savannah and I. Yeah. Um, but I just I almost didn't. I just did not have time to really do the types of things that she was doing, and then still yeah. meet the meet the moment that. I had to meet um so it was it was not great. It was not great. Would not recommend. Um
0: <laughs> sounds
4: You know, but I recommend. I fl- I flew to London, came past, came back, got off the plane, COVID hit and the world stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, so then it was mm-hmm. like then it was like Whoa. this real whiplash. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Then it was like this <laughs> oh, real whiplash and then just
1: isolation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like god. All I right. was going to yeah. say,
2: I think he felt much more lonely in his grief. Um, and there's a weird element, I think, of, you know, him being the male, you know, and... Yeah. There's not always a lot of attention, mm-hmm. I think, given towards fathers and losses like that. Um, so I think that was definitely hard I for was him. was going to be...
0: My next question of like, man, like, what does it look like to be like a man going through this situation where you, there's a lot of double standards and biases, but I think with miscarriages and with infertility, the the male really gets left behind in the care and attention. Yeah.
3: Mm. <laughs> oh no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Hmm. man I'm with you yeah
4: <laughs> it's a really lonely thing I, for some reason um, I think with miscarriages sometimes I feel like it, it's like you didn't really lose your kid you know and maybe like
0: Right, like, right.
4: Um, it's not not like uh, for for the father. It just is is maybe like um, not a a true real real loss, you know, sort of a yeah, thing.
1: yeah, like a legitimate yeah, yeah.
4: There was some yeah. There's some legitimacy sort of lacking, and I don't know that anybody felt right. that way at all. Um, right. I just know that when I looked around, it was like there was a clear, I could read the room to a, to a degree to realize what I'm feeling on the inside is not really like these people out here really don't know, Mm. um, the depths of, of what I'm dealing with. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was very lonely and, and, um, In kind of a unique, it was just very unique situation. Uh, All of the factors that that went into where we were in our life, you know, the season of our life were just really unique. And so, yeah, it was very lonely.
5: Um,
4: At the same time, we, you know, our marriages in this side of things has been a roller coaster. Because as soon as we lost Layton, we also heard from the doctors, well, guess what? We know what happened and we know how to fix it. Wow! And so then there's this like then there's this like really dangerous thing. Oh no! Now we're are we going to start? Like we're Mm. we're we've lost him and we are so sad. Like, but what does this mean for the future? Do you make yourself vulnerable again? Yeah, yeah. That that
1: was going to be my next question. Like, what after all of this? Yeah. Why? What would make you want to try again? And so you're saying that they they. Figured it out.
4: Yeah, I'll let yes. I'll let the real doctor and the family comment <laughs> on
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Savannah MD. Yeah. <laughs> um
2: Yeah, so uh, we lost Leighton because of something called um cervical incompetence and mm. um I think something that was really hard was to feel like we had worked so hard to conceive him and to have lost him to something that was completely just unrelated to anything we had been dealing with um, previously. Um, so, I mean, we, I'm so thankful because I have since found a community of women who have had these same types of losses and it a lot of them, lose multiple babies before doctors, um, discover what's going on. And so we actually had been told that that's what they suspected before we even left the hospital. Um, and so, you know, for a while I just like couldn't even really think about it. Um, I remember just feeling flatlined at the idea of like, if we want to try to try again, like we've got to jump through some more hoops. Um, Mm and so thankfully like we couldn't really do anything we needed like three months of recovery before you know we really needed to think about anything and so um i mean i think i I probably would have pushed it pushed it back anyway just because you're so grief stricken um but i think For me, ultimately, it came down to like, I felt like we had worked so, so hard. Um, Mm -hmm. And John really um, added a beautiful perspective that I think was helpful to me um, and gave, I feel like for me, gave meaning, um, a lot of meaning to Leighton's life when what we had imagined life with him to be like was so drastically different than what had happened. Um, Not that, not that he felt meaningless, but that experience like felt meaningless, if that makes sense. Um, And so um, he kind of talked about, he, I remember him talking to me one day about, you know, Leighton kind of helped us realize this issue and he could be a pathway, you know, for our family growing mm, because of us discovering sure. this and, you know, going and so what, what happened was cervical incompetence and the way that that's um, the way that they recommended repairing it was like a permanent um, person, like a permanent cerclage placed. Um, and it's really extremely rare which um, felt like was always um, haunting us on our journey. Just these really rare things, um, but um, it required another surgery. Um, and so, you know, John kind of said, you know, we could, he, w- he was fully supportive of whatever I wanted to do, um, which was important to me. I think it felt... Um, Loved and cared for by him, just because it was my body going through all of it. Um, but um, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful perspective shift that kind of gave me some motivation to keep trying to think that you know, Leighton could be a pathway of us, our family growing. You know, um, and without him, we didn't know we had this issue, and um, fixing it, you know, kind of in my mind gave meaning. Um, a lot of meaning yeah. to his life that was super short and not what right. we had hoped for. Um, so I don't know
4: if you have anything to add. Yeah, no, I I don't have anything intelligent to say, but <laughs> I mean, we did, I, I in those kind of early months, early weeks and maybe months of after we lost Leighton, I mean, I I felt like I kind of had a, sometimes some extra energy to try to take care of Savannah, um, Mm. try to put like little post-it notes around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that had like, like I'm not like a super encouraging person or anything like that. So (laughs) I'm pretty, I have a pretty heavy dose of realism as Allie knows. Mm. Um, And so, you know, those types of things. And I thought, I, I, was hopeful that in some way Layton's life could be redemptive um, anyways. And so I think it was January of 2020, mm-hmm. um, January, 2020, wow. Savannah had decided to have the procedure. And so it was, you know, three plus months um, mm-hmm. since we had lost Layton um, and that procedure went off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of based I think we had to wait again, another mm-hmm. three months.
0: Not quite. All these waiting periods. Yeah, It's right. just got a mess right. to mess with you a little bit.
4: Yeah, it was quite a. You know, it's very metaphorical. um yes. For for just that season of life, and um, can, can I ask?
1: Um, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, going back to le- the legitimacy aspect of losing Leighton, did did you guys do anything as like any type of memorial or? What what was that process like?
3: Wow. Wow. Right. Mm. Wow. 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 Yeah. Right. hmm
4: we had a service we had a funeral for him which was just for our families um and really it was just for our parents um and our our siblings not even their um spouses and so savannah and i did the did the service Mm -hmm. um You know, they let me uh, dig his grave um, and put him in. And so, you know, all those things were just, you know, awful, just awful. But um, I think for us, we're just really necessary to say, no, you're you are fully our boy, you know, and will always, always be our boy. Um, So, yeah, that's what we did.
2: I think something that was really important to both of us was, um, you know, we didn't get the time that we thought we would with him and we just wanted to love him as well as we could. And um, those were motions and physical things that we felt like allowed us to love him the best that we absolutely could um, with the time that we were given, so.
4: And we didn't, we didn't want to traumatize our kids. I think one of the things for us is like, how in the world do you walk your two boys through this. Um, yeah. You know, developmentally, where are they? Like, I don't know. Um, but we felt like the very best thing to do was to communicate in, in a vivid way that mommy and daddy are sad. This is your brother. This, um, it's okay for you to be really sad about losing your brother. Um, they actually came up to the hospital when savannah delivered him and 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 we took the advice of we didn't do that without uh, the advice of trained professionals um but they thought that that would be very could be very good and we had different responses yeah. our our youngest uh held layton mm-hmm. um and our oldest our oldest was not not okay with that um mm. and that was okay too so I think we also wanted to communicate to our, to our living sons, um, that when you come into our family, you're always a part of our family, you know, Mm. uh, also give them a place to, to grieve if they needed to. And that oldest one, um, he, he always, he goes to Layton's headstone every year. Um, he goes to his grave every year and he, I mean, just this year, right. He, uh, he cried, Mm -hmm. Uh, he couldn't, he couldn't be there. So he's, you know, he's like taller than Savannah now and becoming like a little, becoming a little man, but uh, he still remembers that's his little brother. And he can't, you know? Mm -hmm. um, So anyways, we have a place that we can rally to as a, even as a family, and we go Mm -hmm. on his birthday every year and, um, and Christmas time we'll go out there. So, (laughs)
1: yeah that's wow that that seems um i don't know yeah it just sounds like very healthy and cathartic that's that's really incredible that you guys shared that with your kids and yeah that's um yeah that's awesome thanks yeah man i I feel like th- there this is like what this podcast is supposed to be is just people who haven't experienced stuff like this to to learn and how to support people who are going through this. And I, I feel like I have learned so much with talking with you guys, it's wild.
0: And yeah. also hopefully um, offering hospitality to stories of sorrow and grief.
4: Yeah, um, totally
0: you know lifts a little of the burden of the loneliness of not being seen and known um and those stories of I mean stories of loss are so important and it's very very certain that we will lose and we will love and we will lose as humans and so um I think to me the more we can know about what it means to care and to lose and to grieve you know the better we are is, people's but um yeah your your story is so so tender and i'm really really thankful that you felt um ready to share and i'm just before we wrap up um is there anything that we didn't get to touch or to say or name that you would like to
1: i i want to know like where like what what is it now or and, and you guys have have a little girl now and and if uh, that if that could wrap it up. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not all stories have the happiest of endings, uh, but we've been very fortunate. We've been very blessed that Savannah came out the other side of the surgery. Um we went back to fertility treatments and nothing worked and so we gave up.
2: We tried like Eight, eight
4: yeah. fertility treatments, eight months. Uh, so nothing worked, and we decided we were moving on. And that very next month, Savannah got pregnant. Um, we had little. We had our boys around the house starting to actually talk about say we want another, we want a, a sibling, and we're praying for the. They were wow. they were starting to get brave enough to even say they wanted one and to pray for one. Which mm. was which was awful for us, but um, <laughs> we did not tell the boys. We would not tell them. Oh, what until you were six months pregnant? Yeah. Oh, wow. Were, <laughs>
2: wow. Like, like oh they knew. God. They
5: knew I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. Just wow. Were,
2: I mean, I just couldn't do it. I could not. Yeah. I just couldn't
5: yeah.
2: go through those motions again and yeah. like risk.
5: Sure.
4: I, I think. Just, I think the whole nine months. You know, there were ways in which Savannah and I just held our breath. And yet there were other times where we in the midst of that stress and, you know, having lost and having been disappointed. You know, you're just like have your defenses up because you don't want it to happen again. And yet we were still able to look at each other and say, look, today she's healthy
5: Mm-hmm. And mm.
4: today is a good day, and we we can be happy today, mm-hmm. you know. And so we, we literally would,
2: really would take it a day at a time, and we <laughs> would
4: say that to each other. Um, and so, anyways, uh, she arrived on October the twentieth of twenty
2: twenty one. Yeah, two, almost two years after losing that yeah, year. Yeah, same exactly. month, mm.
4: same month, and uh, anyways, and that's it's been just. Uh, a the, wonderful, per- the
2: procedure that I had done worked, and yeah. we were able to carry her to thirty-seven weeks, which is the furthest that they'd let me go with the procedure that they had done. So,
4: gotcha. wow, okay. yeah, and it so, was
2: it was successful.
4: Yeah, and when no she gets old journey. enough, when she gets old enough, we'll tell her about her big brother mm-hmm. Layton mm-hmm. and how sure. um, yeah. you know without him, you know he's he's the reason that she's she's here. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Anyways, um, so it's been a really nice nice new season for us.
0: Yes, mm. finally.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, God.
0: What was that moment like holding her that first time? Mm. Oh, man. Euphoric, like we just sobbed.
4: Yeah. Both of us just <laughs> oh. sobbed. The whole, the whole morning uh, while Savannah and I were in the, the waiting, well, she, we were in her room before they wheeled her back to delivery, I just, we, I just cried and cried. I just couldn't stop crying. Not, it was like, I was sad. I was grieving about uh, Layton. I was happy tears with, with Esty. Uh, it was just this wild, overwhelming release of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just holding her was so, so much joy. Uh, yeah, no. So much joy. Yeah.
2: Overwhelming a good,
4: yeah
1: good word
2: describe the whole day <laughs> very
1: very appropriate word Yeah. yeah. well I are I guess yeah I guess back to Allie's question is there anything that oh sorry we didn't that we didn't touch on I don't uh, think
4: so no you guys are wonderful wonderful interviewers yeah easy to talk to <laughs>
0: you guys did a great job you made it very easy <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah thank you okay.
0: um, I'm grateful you
2: guys are doing, doing this yeah I very think it's,
1: cool
2: I think it's really needed and important and um, yeah it makes me happy to know that there's a resource out there great people behind it
1: like mm. thanks yeah thank you
0: mm, that's meaningful man how are your bodies now? Last question.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tired.
4: <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, I think and, talking yeah. about Layton, I don't know, just makes me like, I feel, yeah, I feel worn out, feel weary. Right. Yeah. 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 But also really good to like feel those things again about him. Yes. So.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's the double-edged sword of talking about grief, of it's so necessary, it's so cathartic, and it is also very costly.
5: Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I love you
0: guys. Thank you so much for talking with us. Please do something very kind for your bodies tonight (laughs) and tomorrow to unwind and give your boys a hug from me
4: okay, okay.
0: Do. and, and your girl oh my god <laughs> and <your girl>. SD? <sighs> SD that's yes. her you
1: have to meet her <laughs> yeah. I can't wait can't
4: wait all
0: right, wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, thanks again bye, guys, guys for yeah, being so transparent
1: yeah. yeah all right thanks guys
4: bye
0: bye, bye. You all so much for listening. We really enjoyed our time with John and Savannah, and we hope that their telling of their loss and their journey is a comfort to those of you who have experienced similar journeys. Um, and on a personal note, I'm just so incredibly grateful that they agreed to be a part of this project as Dear friends of mine for many, many years, it is such an honor to have had you guys as guests on our show. So, John and Savannah, thank you so much. And to those of you who are listening, thank you for showing up week after week. We have a few more episodes left before we wrap up our season um, in the beginning of the year. And As always, if you'd like to connect, we are on Instagram at whattheydon'task. There's a period between each word, or you can email us at wtdapodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This has been What They Don't Ask.